being an expert on general automotive knowledge, what would the correct ignition timing be on a 1955 Bel Air Chevrolet with a 327 cubic inch engine and a full barrel carburetor? It is a trick question. Watch this. Because Chevy didn't make a 327 in 55. The 327 didn't come out till 62. And it wasn't offered in the Bel Air with a four barrel carb till 64. However, in 1964, the correct ignition timing would be four degrees before top dead center. Get ready for another hour of Drive Radio, brought to you by Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. Got a question for the experts? Then give them a call, 303-477-5600. Now it's time to pop the hood and get our hands dirty. Drive Radio on KLZ 560, The Source. All right, we are back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for listening to us today, by the way, and stopping by. We are live at American Legion, post 1111-9959, Old Wadsworth Boulevard. Again, keyword, old. If you go to new, you're not going to find it. you got to come to the old, which is to the east side of the new Wadsworth. We're at the Crankers Car Truck and Bike Show. Come by, say hi. American Legion, post 1111 again. You guys back in the studio, Charlie and Larry, thanks so much. We do appreciate it. They're much warmer than we are because it's a little chilly out today, but it's still a very nice day for a car show, believe it or not. No rain, no moisture. It's really nice, and you're not going to be on that hot pavement like we normally are. Lines are open, 303-477-5600. Chris, you are next. Go ahead, Chris. Hey, John. Um, how you doing? Hey, I had a thought Good, this sir. morning when I was up 530 jumping my wife's car. <laughs> um I just wonder, yeah, you know, my, fun. my practice with batteries has always been just what we did today. Once it goes bad, you get a new one, you change it. Just curious, do you do that? or do you, Is there some people that change a battery after a certain amount of time before it goes bad? Or maybe do, you know, voltage check setter before? And, and is there a preemptive way to do this versus wait until it dies? Yes. On, on, all, on all accounts, <laughs> Yes. I do check periodically, and it is something that you can check. And, yes, batteries have date stamps on them. And if they're used on a daily basis especially, it's a little different for cars that sit and are maintained and they don't have quite that, you know, that, that draw down and then charge back up on a consistent basis. But batteries typically have about a five-year lifespan. I don't care what the warranty of the battery is. That's kind of typically what we find on most batteries. So, yeah, I mean, you start looking at the date stamp and you get to year four, Chris, I think that's one of those where – if you can budget it in or you look for those sales and you can do it prior to one failing, by all means. I'm always one where if you can do it before what you had to do today happens, by all means, that's the way to do it. Yeah, it's just a thought. I didn't, you know, you do so much preventative maintenance and, and preemptive things, that, but the battery, I've never really dealt with that in that fashion. Most don't. But and I, I, will tell, I will say, I when, I own, when I own my shop up, I'm being 100% honest. When I own my shops, and I think Steve can probably attest to this, one of the hardest things to get my technicians to do on a routine basis was inspect batteries and sell preemptively or, you know, install preemptively, not when the battery failed. Technicians, for some reason, they'll look at a battery and think, oh, it's good today. Well, yeah, it's good today, and it's four and a half years old. Will it be tomorrow, or will it be the next time the weather changes? And if the answer is, well, I don't know, then why aren't you, why aren't you just putting one in it? You should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but I will have to tell you, though, you're, you're a little bit in luck, too, though. Uh, I know Napa's giving a rebate on their battery. They are right now, yes. It's, it's uh, I think it's $20. It's I believe that's correct. There's yeah, a $20 so, rebate, which is so, a pretty good rebate, by the way. So, you know, you go out and get yourself a battery and you get a rebate on it. Cool. I appreciate it. And the Napa you. batteries are now made by, by DECA, which is they're a great battery, by that's the way. a good battery. Yeah, they're a pen. They're a pen battery. They've, they've always been good for yep. us. So. All right, man. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it very much. And that's a great question, by the way. Great question. Great comment as well. Uh, Bob is next. Bob, welcome. How are you? Are you there, Bob? Uh, are you, are you, John, are you asking for Bob? Yeah. There. Yeah, yep. I'm We're here, here, Bob. Welcome. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you very much, and Yeah, you helped me out in the past with uh, about my fuel pump on my Chevy Silverado. I changed that all out, and everything is up and running good and got my air conditioner back working and everything like that. But this problem I got now, John, is uh, underneath of my truck, I've been leaking this yellow stuff, and I looked at the overflow, and 
and everything and checked it all out, moved my hoses over so I could get a better idea of where this yellow stuff is coming from. And it's, it's not coming out of, of my tank or my, or my coolant. It's back a little ways underneath, and I finally spotted it yesterday. I just laid under there for a long old time until I seen something. And it, it's yellow, and John, where it's coming yep. out at, it's like two, there's two little black hoses that I spotted, and they're side by side, and they go into something. I don't like a plastic thing, but it's, it's, they are, they're, they're dripping out of there. The yellow stuff is, is coming out of there. Okay. So is that my coolant, or what is that, John? Yes, coolant, and I'm guessing is it on the back of the engine, Bob? Back there, uh-huh, towards the back end. Yeah. And how I spotted yeah. it, where, where it landed on the frame, it's real clean. And so that's how I finally mm-hmm. spotted it. You okay. know, on each side of the frame, it's dirty, yep. except for where it drips down at. So how can I... What year is that one, Bob? What year, Silverado? It's a, two, a 2000 Chevy Silverado 5.3. Yeah, they had hoses at the back of the engine up on top, which had a... I don't want to say they had a tendency to leak, but if you did any work on them, you just replaced hoses. They've got a weird fitting on them as well. A lot of guys would take that off, put a regular clamp on. I still like the factory fittings and like using those hoses, so I, I would have those changed out and, and put the proper fittings on it and do it correctly. But, yes, those would need change now. Okay, now, is it up on top where I take it off at or down below where I see it leaking on the hoses underneath? You'll, you'll need to just change the entire hose, so it'll be both ends. You'll, you'll, do, all, you'll do the whole hose. Oh, okay, and where do I find this? Uh, these are, are there two up there? Napa will have those. They're... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Napa has those. They sell those. Just and tell them what you're looking for. I... They'll have them. It, it, and ch- and by the way, you're you're at a point, Bob. If those real real quick, Bob. If both those are leaking, just do all of your hoses. If you haven't done radiator hoses yet and all the heater hoses, just change all of those okay. at the same time. Now, if you've got one that's okay. doing that, it's going to end up being like a leaky hose on your you know on a leaky garden hose. You'll get one fixed, and it'll go to the next, the next, the next. Okay. Just do them all okay. right now. Okay, now, now, John, is is it is it like five feet long? It must go back there quite a ways, huh? Oh, you know, pro- yeah, probably probably four, feet, anyways. Yeah, three to four. Yeah, it, it, that looks like that can be a job to wind it through there. Is it, John? They are. Or, it's a job. Yeah, yeah those, those aren't That's, easy. <laughs> I mean, if you're okay. going to do all of those, if you're handy, you could do them all yourself. But if you'd okay. rather have someone do it, you, that would be something that a shop could just do all those hoses at one time. Uh, and then I'm, flush the I'm, system out sure. and do it all once. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty handy with things. Like I said, I, I did my fuel pump in that trucky, and that was my second Well, if you did time. that, you can do those. But, uh, just, just, just take okay. the time and do it. Okay. And, uh, and so um, now... Uh, Underneath, underneath where it hooks up at, underneath it goes like into something that looks plastic. What is that? Where it's underneath, where where the hoses stop and it goes into something. They're like on top of each the other. The heater core is in. Yeah, they've got to come in and out of the heater core, which is that the you know the plastic box on the firewall. But I don't know what other plastic okay. box they'd go to. Okay. Okay, but you, you, the leak is coming from up top and then running down. Is that yeah, what's happening? most likely coming off the connections okay. at the manifold, most likely. Okay. Okay, John. Well, I thank you very much. I appreciate that. You're very welcome. Nope. Thank you, Bob. Okay. I appreciate that. And All right. Let's do this. I've got a couple of minutes here before we take a break, and I told you guys last hour I would talk about the sales tax on vehicles and how they work on a trade. I've got a couple of minutes. I'll do this. We covered this a few weeks ago, but I want to make sure we cover it again. In the state of Colorado, and I believe this is true for most states, but I know it's for a fact in Colorado. When you buy a new or a used vehicle from a dealer, okay, the key word here, from a dealer, and you trade a vehicle in, so there is a trade-in on a vehicle and you pay the difference in what they gave you for the used car that you are driving now versus the new car that you're buying. Could be a new car, could be a used car, doesn't make any difference. In the state of Colorado, every transaction on a retail level is required to have sales tax collected. Your vehicle is no different. The only difference that we have in the state of Colorado when it comes to sales tax is on property. That's why you pay property taxes and not 
a sales tax. There's no sales tax on property, but they charge you property taxes, of course. Now, you're also charged a use tax on your vehicle as far as license plates are concerned, but where I'm going with this is on, on sales tax, they charge you what the transaction amount is in the state of Colorado. So if you've got, we're going to do round numbers here. If you've got a vehicle and you're paying $50,000 for that brand new vehicle, but you've got a used vehicle that's worth $25,000 that you trade in, you're going to pay sales tax on $25,000. That's the difference between the trade versus the new. You could take your vehicle and sell it yourself. You're now going to pay sales tax on $50,000, but you sold your vehicle yourself. So what you have to look at is if you sold it yourself, you have to make sure that you're covering the sales tax difference, which in the state of Colorado, depending upon where you live, because sales tax is based on car sales as to where you live and where the vehicle is registered, not where you buy the vehicle. So let's say, for example, you're in a 7% taxing district. The way you have to look at that is that 7% is going to cost you $1,750 on a $25,000 sale. So when you go to sell your $25,000 car, if that's what the dealer is offering you as a trade towards the $50,000, you now have to sell the car to make it really work out properly. You really need to sell that car for $27,000. It's a $250 difference, I know, for all you mathematicians. But the hassle factor, mm-hmm. trust me, you're going to eat up the 250 selling it yourself. So reality is you got to get $27,000 to really, and that only puts you $250 ahead versus trading the car in. Is it worth doing all of that for the even maybe $250 you might be ahead if you can get the $27,000 out of the car yourself? Keep in mind, the dealer has people streaming in daily to buy cars. You don't. When you go to sell your car, you're putting it out on Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace, any other place you might be able to advertise that car for yourself. In some cases, there's a small expense to that. In some cases, it's free, you know, no charge to list it. But you still have a hassle factor of making the sale. How do I know that? Because I do some of these periodically for family members and so on. Occasionally, we'll take and we'll sell a car. I just did one for a brother-in-law of mine. And I will tell you. It's a hassle, okay? You're listing the car. You're taking many phone calls on it. You're talking to people. They're coming to look at the car. They're driving the car. There's a ton of looky-loos. There's a ton of dealers that are going to try to buy your vehicle. It is a major hassle. So if you haven't sold a vehicle yourself, you have to factor all of those things in. Now, if you're somebody that wants to do that, has no issues doing it, fine. Go for it. Knock your socks off. But to make it work financially... You have to get $27,000 out of it. Otherwise, you're losing money because what you lost in the sales tax savings, if you don't get $27,000 out of the car, you're going to lose money. That's my point because anything under that, you're now losing the sales tax advantage of trading that vehicle in. So I hope I'm clear on that. I know I get questions on that a lot, but in the state of Colorado, you get credit on the sales tax for trading your vehicle in because you're paying the transaction amount only, not the total price of the car when you have a trade. By the way, the same would be true with anything else you would go out there and buy. So say you go buy a, a board and you the, the lumber yard allows you to bring an old 2x4 two, two back that you can now buy a longer 2x4 for. Same situation happens. If they give you trade on your old 2x4 and you're paying less money for the new 2x4, you're going to pay sales tax on whatever the transaction amount is only. Hmm. Only that that's where this whole trade thing, you know, comes into play. You're paying sales tax on the transaction amount only, not the total price of the car. There's a lot of confusion there because people think, oh, I'll just go sell the car myself. I know I can get a couple of grand more out of it than the, than the dealer. They're going to make a couple of grand on it. So they're just going to take my car. They're going to mark it up to twenty seven, twenty eight thousand dollars and they're going to sell it. Yeah, they are. That's what they're going to do. Yeah. And guess what, though? 
you are still losing out because if you don't take the trade, if you're in a 7% taxing district, which a lot of you are in 8%, by the way, it can be anywhere from 6 to 8% across the metro area. I took 7 as an average. There are some unincorporated areas where you're going to be in the high fours, but there's very few people in the metro area that are in that in that neighborhood. Most are going to be 8, 8.5% even in some cases, depending upon where you live. You need to know what your sales tax is where you live to do this mathematic, you know, this mathematic, this, 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 to, you know, to figure this out, to do the math on this is what I'm trying to say. If you don't, you're going to find yourself maybe at the end of the day shortchanged because you didn't think through that properly and you're just thinking, oh, I'm winning, the dealer's not. Well, maybe not, depending upon how it all works. So that's how that works as far as the trade goes and the sales tax on it. Goes back to what I was talking to uh, Doug about earlier on his, uh, or sorry, it wasn't Doug, it was a caller before Doug on his 2018. Uh, high country that he was going to go trade in. So in a lot of cases, you're still better off on the trade than you are the sell, especially on high-priced vehicles. So we'll come back, talk more. we got lines open. We'll take your call as well, 303-477-5600. i got text questions as well. I'll get to those also. Don't go anywhere, though. We're Drive Radio live again at the Crankers Car, Truck, and Bike Show. And we are at exactly 9959 Old Wadsworth Boulevard, American Legion, Post 1111. We'll be right back. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Geno's is having a sale on all Napa air, oil, and cabin filters. One of the best things you can do for your vehicle is to have the oil changed at your recommended service intervals. Napa high-performance filters can increase power and help with fuel economy. Does your vehicle's air conditioner put out a musty or mildew-like smell? Cabin filter contaminants can cause allergies and compromise airflow volume. Geno's evaporator cleaning and a new Napa cabin filter will take care of that. By replacing your cabin filter, you will be restoring efficiency and clean air in your vehicle. Give us a call or go online to schedule an appointment. To make your life simpler, Geno's offers loaner vehicles so you can drop your car off and pick up when ready. We are AAA approved and located at Bowles and Platte Canyon. We invite you to check out all our Google reviews. Take care of your car and save on Napa filters. Stop in or visit us online at genosautoservice.com. That's Geno's with a J. Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance Oil Change BG. comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage. And something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. BG. Do you know what to do in a traffic stop? Kevin Flesh would like to give you a few tips to help keep you and your passengers safe. If you are being pulled over for a traffic violation, slow down and put on your hazards, find a well-lit location that is out of the lane of traffic, keep your hands on the wheel where the officer can see them, and be polite. If you feel it's necessary, record the traffic stop, and then if you need any legal help, call Kevin Flesh at Flesh Law Firm. Kevin is our legal eagle and is an expert in traffic altercations and accidents, so put this number into your phone. 303-806-8886. You can also find Kevin online at fleshlawfirm.com. Kevin Flesh, Flesh Law Firm, and proud sponsor of Drive Radio. Napa A Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Have you been thinking about a new pair of glasses? Maybe some prescription sunglasses? Well, look no further than Stack Optical. Since 1968, yes, you heard me right. Since 1968, Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their patients. This family-owned business is proud to be one of the few optical offices that has their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. 
Stack Optical, located at 2233 South Monaco Parkway, features the most extensive lines of eyeglass frames, sunglasses, and contact lenses to ensure that you love your appearance and experience superior comfort. Our comprehensive eye exams proactively diagnose eye conditions and diseases while providing the most accurate vision care. We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. All right, we are back, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. By the way, thanks everybody that has come by and said hi, and uh, a lot of folks have, and we appreciate that very much. We are, again, live at the Crankers Car, Truck, and Bike Show. 1111, or sort of post-1111, the American Legion, 9959 Wadsworth Boulevard, Old. All right, and we are back. Sorry about that, folks. We, when you're on remote, we have cell signal, and... It just dropped. Things, yeah, things it's just, happen. It just dropped. Just like when you're talking on the phone, sometimes that happens. Again, we're at the American Legion, post 1111-9959, Old Wadsworth Boulevard. As I was saying, if you go to New Wadsworth, you will not find us. You've got to come one block. You know, Old Wadsworth is about, I don't know, a quarter of a mile or so east, not longer, farther than that, probably a half a mile or so east of of New Wadsworth. And it varies. For those of you that aren't familiar with the north end of town, Old Wadsworth runs all the way up here into this kind of edge of the Broomfield area and then goes all the way down into the into the Arvada area and kind of stops down in that I-70-ish area. So really from about not quite U.S. 36, we're at Church Ranch. So Church Ranch all the way down to kind of I-70 is where Old Wadsworth runs. And it's why it's called Old Wadsworth. That's where the Old Wadsworth was. They moved it, you know, I don't know, in my lifetime. It's been in my lifetime, or before my lifetime even, that that was moved because I don't remember Old Wads. It's always been yeah, I don't the other one for years and years and years. So I don't know if some of you that have lived here uh, even longer than I, I've been here 58 years almost. Um, if some of you have been here longer, you can tell me exactly when they moved. It was before my time, but even still, it's still called, you know, even though the sign will say Wadsworth Boulevard, it's Old Wadsworth, and we, we call it, those, those of us that are natives, we call it Old Wadsworth because you won't find it on New Wadsworth if you don't know where you're going. So, anyways, American Legion, post-1111, which we are, again, tomorrow is September 11th. I did an hour special last night on Rush to Reason for September 11th. We've got a special at the top of the hour um, uh, uh, national anthem that Charlie's going to play. There's a lot of 9-11 worked into that, so I would encourage you to not walk away from the radio at noon that I know a lot of folks do. You've got things that you need to go do at that time, but if you can stay with us even through the top of the hour and listen to the national anthem right at the top of the hour, uh, that would be great. We're going to play that. It's a little bit longer, so it'll kind of cut into a little bit of our air time, but what I think I might do even is just go to break a little bit early to give us a little extra time there so you guys can all hear that and uh, just kind of hang through the top of the hour. But, again, we're at the car show, and it's been fun. There have been a lot of folks that have come and, come and gone, actually, and there's still a lot here, a lot of great cars that are here. Weather is holding out great. We have no moisture in the air, uh, or no moisture on the ground, I should say. It's kind of a, clouds are hanging up, although the sun's trying to peek out here and there. So it's actually a really nice day. Isn't that interesting? I, I love the uh, this new style of, of uh, where they keep the cars in a – in the old, rusty, or, you know, where they kind of yeah. keep it a patina, patina maybe. Patina. Patina. Yeah. I, I, I kind of find it fascinating because it does, you know, it used to be you'd scrape it and right. you make Start it all over. beautiful. But right. I kind of like that. It, it, it adds a, a luster to it. Well, and what it does, too, for those of you that maybe don't know that, uh, it gives guys the ability to go ahead and do a street rod, if you would, Without having to spend that, because really a, a good oh. solid modern. I'm looking at some of these, some of these paint jobs here. That Nomad over there, that's got a twenty-five thousand plus paint job, if not more. Uh, my pinstriper Louie would know that better than I. But it, it doesn't take much to get twenty, twenty-five grand. My old yellow truck, for example, that we used to come to the car shows with. Uh, I sold that truck over the winter, but that truck I didn't spend a lot of money, and I spent ten grand painting that truck, and it was not by any means perfect at all. It was probably a seven out of ten when it comes to paint jobs. I don't know that it was, and I didn't ask for it to be much. I, I call it a car works. Joaquin over there loved, loved him dearly. He did exactly what I asked, and I, still at the end of the day, the material alone. This is the other thing people don't understand: the material alone to paint a car, you'll spend two to five grand 
or seven grand even just on the material side. By the time you buy all your tape and masking and the sandpaper and the material for the paint itself and your primers and everything that it takes, the entire process. Uh, used to be you could go to Mako and get a paint job for 500 bucks. Those days are long gone. Earl Shive. You cannot buy the paint for that any longer. They are long gone. It's why anymore. We talked earlier in the first hour about salvage cars. It's why anymore even just a small fender bender can be five grand. People have no idea. They think, oh, I, we'll just pop that out. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. No, you won't. Uh, if you want to tell a story about that, our, one of our loaner cars was hit at the Home Depot. Okay. And just ripped off the front bumper, scratched the bed. It's uh, it's five grand. Yep. It's five grand, and it's two months because they can't get um, a bumper shock. So things are in back order. Not only that, but you're out. Yep. I'm out two months on this thing. Louis, put the headset on. <laughs> Join us here. Come on. Please, please. <laughs> no, put it on. I, want to, I got something to ask you. You, you, you know the... You know the paint side very well. Pull your mic down there. I'll put. I'll. I'll turn your sound up here. I think you're on, yellow. Yeah, we're on the. Yeah. We're on the right one. Can I hear you talk? I can hear. Yeah. Okay. Great, so. Yeah. So you know, the paint side. And you're in the. You're in the pinstriping world. You know. You know all this stuff. And I think again, there's a there's a huge misconception for most people. They think, oh, I'm going to restore a car. Okay. Great. Attaboy. Go do it. Then what happens is they start getting into how much it costs to do a lot of these things from the upholstery side to the paint side. We're not even talking the mechanical side. We're just talking the aesthetic end of it. And it doesn't take much anymore to get twenty-five grand minimum just in doing some paint and interior work. And I'm not talking high-dollar stuff. I'm just saying getting things basic, yeah. ba- basic stuff done, yeah. you're twenty-five grand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're $5,000 just in miscellaneous bolts batteries battery cable mm. uh fan belts tie straps blah 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 yeah. blah blah yeah just five grand yeah it adds yeah. up fast mm-hmm. i mean it, it, it's, it's not for the faint of heart <laughs> no it's way more money than it used to be and i think that's where you know a lot of folks that are out there thinking we well, would like to have an old classic car well okay th- that's fine uh do your homework Mm-hmm. We've got a couple of minutes here. We can, t- in fact, let's do this. Let's take a break and come back and talk about that. We can have a little, a little conversation here on even what you do when it comes to the classic car world. Because there's a lot of folks that want to own one. There's abilities to, to do that. In fact, the car markets are like the real estate market. It, it fluctuates. It goes up and down with the economy. Some cars right now, you're going to find it a really good buy. Some never change, but some fluctuate a lot. We can talk about that. But I think there's a lot of misconceptions on what it takes to do old cars because I've talked to some of those individuals over the years where they think, oh, I'll go buy an old car and fix it up, or my, my kid and I will fix it up. Okay, we'll talk about some of that with some of the real-world dollars are in just a moment. Don't go anywhere, guys. Again, live at the Crankers Car Truck and Bike Show. We'll be right back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Hello, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with Ken's and Leslie Distributing, your local BG Products distributor. Back again this week with your BG Tech Tip. This week, we're going to talk about brakes, specifically the brake rotors and the burning question of the day, can I turn my rotors? In the good old days, worn brake rotors could often be resurfaced or turned if the brake pads had worn on them unevenly or too far into the rotor itself. But today, in order to save cost and weight and friction, most rotors are now manufactured with less material available to resurface in the event that the rotors become unevenly worn. This is not to suggest that rotors on new cars can never be resurfaced, but most commonly, by the time a new modern rotor is worn, it will need to be replaced. It is also critical that whenever pads or rotors are replaced, the entire hydraulic brake system be inspected for proper operation. We recommend a complete brake fluid exchange anytime new pads or rotors are installed. This will ensure proper operation of the brake system and help prevent costly repairs in the future. Thanks again, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with BG. We'll talk to you again next week. You're driving down the road and out of nowhere comes a bang. A huge rock just hit your windshield and now you have a star in your windshield. We all know the chip can be fixed, but who is the best? Who has the best resins that keep developing them to work with the newest windshields? That would be Novus Autoglass. Novus, which is the Latin word for innovate, invented windshield repair in 1972 and it still leads the industry in cutting edge technology. Backed by more patents than any other repair and replacement company, while other glass 
glass repair services offer limited warranties, or worse, none at all. You can trust the original Novus Pros to stand behind their work with a full refund that you can use towards a windshield replacement for the life of your windshield. Find a Novus location near you by going to our website, drive-radio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass, a proud sponsor of Drive Radio. Produce crops, and you may notice at your neighborhood grocer that as you shop for produce, there are pictures hanging from the ceiling of the Colorado farm families that raise corn, onions, melons, and potatoes. Well, that's cool, but why in the meat department are there no pictures? Well, the majority of branded meat programs are owned by the grocery store. Very few meat plants in the U.S. can trace the meat in the package that you hold in your hand back to the farm where it was raised. At Ranch Fresh Meats, owner Greg Bloom has searched and vetted out the best quality farms and meat programs in the nation. There is no mystery where your meat comes from at ranchfreshmeats.com. And while you're there, sign up for the weekly email so you can get notified of all the weekly specials. Check them out, ranchfreshmeats.com. We live in uncertain times. Energy prices are through the roof, but what can you do? You only have one option for your electrical and natural gas needs. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air can help you keep those costs in line by giving you a free evaluation of your heating, cooling, and electrical demands. They have several ways to save you money, one of which is an infrared test to see where heating and cooling losses may be in your home. Once they do this, they can test and help you determine what can best be done to help reduce those losses and how you can save money. They also have more efficient devices that you can upgrade to that will save you money and make your home more comfortable year after year. So for all of your electrical, heating, and cooling needs, give them a call today at 720-526-0231 or find them at fixitradio.com or drive-radio.com. That's Absolute Electrical Heating and Air, our major sponsor of Fixit Radio, Drive Radio, and of course, Ready Radio. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. You are responsible for making sure that you are properly insured, but you're not alone. While Paul Lewinberger believes in personal accountability, he wants to make sure he's setting you up for success as your home and auto insurance agent. Paul will teach you about how you can save money on your premium while being fully covered in case of a loss. Your insurance should be for emergencies, not petty cosmetic issues. Insurance is not a coupon, your bank account, or for maintenance. Paul Lewinberger will tell you that your insurance is for emergencies. And when you work with Paul, you'll be rewarded for your diligence. Ask him about their incentivizing rebate program. Take a higher deductible and take responsibility. It's just one of the ways they can afford to keep their rates low. Take control of your life. Take responsibility for your insurance coverage. Call Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance now at 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. All right, we are back, and we have lots of people. You can hear some of them in the background. So, been a lot of fun today, by the way. We're live at the Crankers Car Truck Bike Show. By the way, for all of you that might be listening, we need the People's Choice. Uh, those of you that are here on site, I should say, we need the People's Choice Award ballots turned in. ASAP. So, if you're in the area here listening to me and you can hear us, you need to get those turned in as soon as possible so they can get that done, handled, get the judging finished up and get those things taken care of. We are, again, I'm going to make sure I mention this one more time. Top of the hour, we're going to do a special 9-11 national anthem. So whether you're here on site or you're listening on air or you know over the airways to us, uh, keep your radio tuned in. Don't walk away at noon. You'll have a very special 9-11 uh, tribute that we're going to do uh, as tomorrow is 9-11. It's partially why we're out here today at, at American Legion Post 11-11, by the way. Where, where, where do those numbers come from, by the way? Do you know, Louie? I couldn't answer. No idea? I couldn't, I couldn't find the answer okay. out, but I, just off curious. my head, I don't know where it's come from. So. Yeah. All right, so we're, we're back. Louis, Louis's my pinstriper, by the way, which if you're out here looking at, at any of the stuff we have, whether it's my dad's car, dad and uncle's car that's sitting here next to my TRX, uh, e- either way, Louie did both of those cars, and he's the best pinstriper, I believe, period, no, no, hands down, no matter what. 
I mean that sincerely. <laughs> he does a great job, does all my work. If you need anything pinstripe, those of you that are listening, I know a lot of you do. Anytime I mention this, I have somebody asking me, how do you get a hold of Louie? So uh, really quick, so Louie, if somebody wants you to pinstripe their car, who do they call and how? Uh, my business line is 303-423-LINE. 5463. 423-LINE. Okay, 423-LINE. Yeah, it's 5463. Okay. And that's been my number for the last 30 years. All right, so if those of you want to get anything striped, and by the way, it doesn't have to be striped. Louis does signs and all sorts of things. He can do even lettering on your commercial truck or whatever it happens to be. He can do it all. So whatever you need that way, he's not just my pinstriper, but he does all that as well. So if you need any work done by Louis at all, just give him a call. If you need to get a hold of him and you're listening, you can always call me and, and ask as well. So uh, anyways, um, we're going to talk about what does it really take to do a restoration on an old car. As I talked about before we went to break, a lot of folks, I think, get this wild hair that, hey, we're going to go buy an old car. My son and I or my daughter and I or the family, you know, we'll go through and we'll do this, this project car. And I've seen far too many project cars get started and never get finished because what happens is there's big ambitions, by the way, great, and I'm not knocking that at all, but there's big ambitions, and nobody really sits to think, or never, nobody ever sits down and thinks on the front side, what's this really going to cost and how does this work? Even though you may be able to do the majority of the labor yourself, there's a lot of ancillary costs that folks forget about where you may or may not be able to do those things yourself. We'll take the paint work for, for starters. And a lot of guys think, well, I can paint the car. Well... There's a lot more to painting a car than there used to be. There's a lot of new regulations around painting cars that there didn't used to be, even when it comes to the paint gun itself and what you can actually go buy to paint cars with. There's been numerous changes made there in the last 15, 20 years. If you haven't painted a car in that amount of time, there is a lot of things that have changed. Even the type of paint that we now use has changed dramatically from what it used to be. Right, Louie? Right. Right. Most of the uh, paint you can buy now, as far as the base coat being the color, is waterborne. Right. The primers are still solvent-based, and the clear coats are still solvent-based. But the, the base color, coat, the, the color, color is water. Is water-based. Right. And uh, Okay, we're back. Sorry. Yes. Yes. Um, so, yeah, the, the, like you say, John, the uh, paint industry has changed dramatically, much over EPA regulations. Um, you know, the paint booths, the requirements of those right. for the body shops now is just incredible. But they are, are they are doing a better product, too, though. Much better. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, so, thank so. you. The comment was going to be if you look at some of the, even the cars that are here today, uh, even some of the cars that came from that area, if you have the ability to look at an actual car, even from the 70s, but especially the 60s, you look at one of those cars, if you can find one that's original with original paint that's been kept really nice, which, by the way, there's not too many of those left, and you go look at even my new TRX, uh, the paint on my TRX will be far better than what that car was back then. In fact, I will tell you that my TRX is even better than a lot of the show cars used to be back in those days just because of everything you said. The paint quality and the way they can lay it down and the way we can now they now bake it on and they put it in ovens and do all sorts of other things that never used to happen back in those days. And I will also tell you this, the durability of the new paints. A lot of, a lot of folks say, well, it's not as good as it used to be. Uh, uh, no, you're wrong. It's far better than it ever used to be. The, the new method of painting and how well that paint stays on is far better. Keep in mind, this is something most people don't realize. You know, back in the day, people would have these big claim to fame about, well, this thing's got 30 coats of hand rub lacquer and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> well, that was all great for a show car that never saw the light of day and never went out on the road. The idea on paint on cars is actually to keep it as thin as you possibly can. The idea is to not lay a ton of paint on the car because typically that's where you end up with more problems down the road. You want to get just enough color on it where everything's covered. You clear that color with, again, not this isn't like doing your garage floor where you're going to dump as much clear on it as you possibly can. You put just enough on it to get your shine out of it that you want, and that's it. You really don't want any more product on that vehicle than you have to, and that's the key to making it last, right? Correct. Uh, because the more base you put down, the thicker the mill coat and uh, the mill thickness, and hence you end up with cracking. You get cracking things. Keep in mind, cars move. It's not like 
uh, even a garage floor or your house. Your car moves. It's going down the road. Things are vibrating. Things are moving around. You open and shut doors. There's all sorts of movement that happens in a car. And that's what makes the automotive end of it so much different than any of the other worlds out there when it comes to paint. You know, no offense, your cabinets at home, you paint them, what's moving? Nothing. Nothing. It, it, it's a totally different world when you're doing it. Plus, it doesn't see the outside, doesn't have rocks flying at it. I mean, there's so many other things that are happening on your vehicle that are, that are not happening uh, when it comes to other types of things that are out there that you compare to. That's why you can't really compare automotive paint to anything else that's out there, period. Well, it's I, not I'm... one and the same your kitchen cabinets they stay in a 70 degree environment your car not so thank much. you that's the other thing too yes thank you for that louis you are going everything from in some cases uh, super below zero it depends on where you live 20 30 40 below zero to going down to arizona the, the the temperature of the paint on the car could be 140 150 degrees if you're a 120 degree day not so that I've understood, you, you yes. talk about swings i mean that's a think about that that's a 200 degree swing from going from a negative 40 to a positive you know 140 150 that's a, that's a huge swing most paints i'll just be honest folks most paints out there Shows you how well the automotive world has done. Most paints can't do that. No. Most cannot. No. And the uh, technology with the new paints, vastly improved yes. and holding up yes. so much better. Now, I say all that to go back to the true cost of redoing a car. And this is where, uh, again, we'll come back and we can talk a little more about this. But you really need to decide on the front side what's your budget going to be. How much are you going to spend redoing this car where i'm really going to end up with this i'll just jump ahead is you know you may find that in some cases you're better off to find a car that has been done that you want to go through and correct a few things on as opposed to starting from scratch because buying that car that really is pretty much done turnkey ready to roll down the road but might need something you know handled to your liking You'll be money ahead in most cases doing that as opposed to starting from scratch. You're taking somebody else's quote-unquote depreciation, if you would, yes. by doing it that way. And, and we can talk about that in a moment. Don't go anywhere. I'm, I'm sorry that we got bumped off there a couple of times, guys. It's not, not really technical difficulties. It's just what we do when we're on remote. Sometimes we lose signal. We're on a cell signal itself. You all have cell phones. You know what I mean by that. But if we drop, just know we'll be right back, so don't go anywhere. And we are live, again, at the Crankers Car Truck and Bike Show, American Legion Post 1111-9959 Wadsworth Boulevard. We'll be right back. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Most oil changes are the same. Old oil out, new filter, new oil in. It's a routine, a chore on the to-do list. What if your oil change wasn't the same as the rest? What if it was life-changing? BG. A BG oil change can change your life because it comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system, which means a lifetime of peace of mind for you. Find a shop near you at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. BG. No one likes to be that person. You know the one, stuck on the side of the road, busted tire, making everyone slow down to get around them. With Legacy Automotive's new tire sales, you don't have to be that person, ever. Here in our Colorado climate, you might be closer to needing new tires than you think. A bad set of tires can be dangerous and even life-threatening. Tires should be regularly examined for cracks, bulges and blisters, and other signs of wear and tear on your vehicle. The skilled team at Legacy Automotive in Boulder will be able to examine your current set of tires, let you know what they recommend based on what they find, and help you get on the road. Legacy Automotive is a Napa Gold Certified Auto Care Shop and employs ASC Certified Technicians. So don't be that guy, and make an appointment at Legacy Automotive today at 303-396-0555, or visit them online at LegacyAutomotive.com. Legacy Automotive, locally grown auto repair. Hunting down that hard-to-find part for an out-of-the-ordinary car can be quite a time-consuming chore. Unless, of course, you just go around the corner to your local Napa Auto Parts store, where we have over 310,000 parts, all of them made to fit and perform just like the original. Yeah, there are people who say it's the journey and not the destination, but those people have never tried to find an alternator for an 82 Fiat on a Saturday. Go to NapaOnline.com for the location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. Have you ever thought about owning a classic car, hot rod, older truck, or an out-of-the-norm vehicle? 
Worldwide Vintage Autos is the place to go for all your vintage car and truck needs. With over 80,000 square feet of indoor showroom and warehouse space, they make the shopping experience easy. Every vehicle they sell is checked out by their own staff and is verified as a roadworthy vehicle, and this includes consignment vehicles. When you buy a vehicle from Worldwide, it's a vehicle you can safely drive home. They sell over 1,200 vehicles a year, and most of their inventory comes from people like you and me. If you want to eliminate the hassle of selling your vintage or unique vehicle, give them a call today. By the way, sign up today for the VIP list. They'll give you updates on all their new inventory that the general public doesn't see yet, and it's at a discounted price. Worldwide Vintage Autos. Don't let the name fool you. They sell worldwide, but their showroom is right here in Denver. Find them today at WorldwideVintageAutos.com or call 877-378-4679, and make sure you tell them John Rush from Drive Radio sent you. All right, we are back. American Legion Post 1111. Name that because it was formed on November 11th. There we go. So there's our answer. We're at the Crankers Car Truck and Bike Show. Uh, you hear that voice you hear is Louie, my pinstriper. Uh, if you need to get a hold of Louie, we've got his phone number, 303-423-LINE or 563. Louie, before we get to our other question that I was going to uh, get into here before we went to break, somebody asked, what's the best way to fix chips and scratches in the paint? And being that you're a pinstripe guy and have fixed a couple of things for me, what's the best way to do that? I use one-shot lettering enamel. It's very durable. It is uh, very opaque, so it covers very well. Okay. Uh, sometimes when you get touch-up paint from your body shop or dealership, they're transparent. It's not as opaque. That's yes. right. And, Which means you uh, need more of it to make the same coverage mm -hmm. of what you can do. Correct. Uh, sometimes with my paint selection, I cannot match a color exact. Right. But I can sure make the color match better than that rock chip. Okay. Well, yeah, the, yeah, the rock chip's a rock chip. At least you're. Yeah. It, you're and, and by the way, the way to do that is to fill the pit, like Louis just said a moment ago. And then, honestly, after that, if you get it filled right, there a lot of guys will say, "Well, you need to wet sand it and then buff it and do this and do that." I, I'm not a guy that says to do that. If you can get that chip filled in very nicely to where it's pretty level and looks good. I'm one that says take a little rubbing compound maybe to it, kind of rub it out a little bit, maybe get some of the edging down. Other than that, put some wax on it after that, you know, buff it out, put some wax on it, and call it good. That's what I do. I, I think some people put far too much effort into fixing a chip that, frankly, is always going to be a chip anyways. There's no way to ever get rid of that. And some people will mess with it to the point where they'll make it bigger and make it worse. It's like picking a... A zit on your face. Yeah. I'm being honest. I mean, yeah. some, picking away at it, it at the end of the day probably makes it worse than if you were to just dab a little, little, you know, little paint on it, fill paint. that little chip in. And by the way, you want to fix those anyway. That's something I've never talked about much on this program, and I should. You want to fix those chips because if you don't, especially in Colorado, we have a high salt, pure salt content in the wintertime when it comes to melting the ice on the roads and making the roads safe. That gets down underneath that paint, and you'll see cars where you'll see one little chip that turns into a big, huge rust spot. And it started, believe it or not, from a rock chip. Mm -hmm. That's where that started. So fixing those, and if nothing else, even if you do nothing but fill that, that chip in with wax, any kind of protective covering to keep that stuff from getting in there and eating away at that bare metal is what you need to do. And many parts stores, uh, Napa included, sell touch-up paint for vehicles that are probably color-coded closer yes. than what I can match. But they're not going to be as opaque as what you have is the Correct. issue, too. Uh, so there's a staging process to that. You're not going to do it in one fell swoop. You're going to have to work at that a few times to get that color in and filled in. Mm -hmm. And with the new waterborne uh, uh, base coats, don't even pretend to try and touch it up with a brush. Right. It's water-soluble paint. Right. Yeah, it washes off. Right. <laughs> so, right. Because I've tried it on my son's car. Right. It doesn't work. Good point. <laughs> All right, so back to this whole, I think I want to do an old car, and I want to go through that rebuild process and so on. Again, I'm not trying to take any of that away from anyone because I love old cars. I love that process, and I think more people should get into it. I do think, though, that a lot of cars end up sitting in garages 
for many, many, many moons. In fact, typically what happens is you get this bright hair, your kid's 14 or 15, you're going to do this rebuild, so you get started, you get into it, you figure out that it's way over your head, budgetarily speaking. The car sits and sits and sits. The kid's married and has kids of his own before you finally get around to doing anything with it, and by then the car is usually getting sold off or who knows what because it never got finished, and that's what I don't want to see happen. The way to do that is to... Talk to individuals that are in the industry. By the way, these car shows are a great place to do it. There's all sorts of knowledge at car shows just by walking around and talking to individuals that have the process. They can typically give you a year-making model of what you as to what you're going to spend or they the industry. They know what the car costs. And a lot of it even comes back down to how are you going to report? Are you going to make it 100% original? Or are you going to vary from that some? Are you going to make it a resto mod? If you're going to make it a resto mod, to what degree are you going to resto mod it? There's all these things that come into play that you need to make a decision on on the front side, budgetarily speaking, so you don't get in over your head and have a half-completed project. Do you want to drive it or do you want to trailer it? Are you going to show it? <laughs> yeah. Because they're not one and the same either. No. Drivers aren't show cars. Show cars aren't drivers. So to, to Louis's point, there's a big difference between those two. I'll also tell you this, just a little side note. As much as I love the show cars and as much as I am not ditzing anybody that owns one, you will never, ever, 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 ever until hell freezes over get your money back out of that car. <laughs> no. Not going to happen. No. You will invest hundreds, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars into a show car that you will be lucky to get 50 cents of the dollar back out of down the road when you sell it. And I'm not exaggerating. The only exceptions to that are famous people that have famous cars that have an intrinsic value based upon who owned it. And by the way, their name's not John Rush or Louie. <laughs> you know, these are other people that own these cars that, that build intrinsic value into it because it's more art with history than it is the car. If you're Joe Schmo, that ain't happening to you. Am I right? Very much so. And uh, you've talked about it on your show in the past. Uh, they're contingent upon the car. They do appreciate Yes. You can take a 2006 Ford GT. It's appreciating like crazy. Mm -hmm. A 1932 Duesenberg. Okay, those are exceptions to the rule. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. 32 Fords right now currently are not. Yeah. They're, they're actually, there's more of them, especially a, a, like a high boy car where there's fiberglass reproduction bodies and so on. A 32 Ford a high boy type car. Um, especially if it's a glass-bodied car, actually right now are depreciating, not appreciating, because there's a gazillion of them on the market right now. Yes. You, you can go on eBay right now and probably find 25 of them. Mm -hmm. Anytime there's that many out there, it's going to make the value of those cars come down. It's still supply and demand, and unfortunately in that world, the demand isn't as high as the supply is. Correct. That's the Correct. issue. So that's another thing you have to, just like art, you have to look at all of this on the front side, and before you make a decision as to what car are you going to do, Go through this exercise, which, by the way, most don't. And another thing to hitchhike off of what you were saying, don't get the fantasy that you watch a car show on TV and they restore a car from frame up in one hour. In a week? <laughs> uh, in one episode? So, yeah. yeah great episode, point. Great know, point. Some of those cars take two, three years to build. If not longer. And three yep. to $500,000. That's right. Good point, Louie. Good point. So, again, folks, we are, again, out at the Crankers Car Truck and Bike Show. If you get a chance to stop by, we're going to be here for another hour on air. I'm going to go to break here just a little bit early because we've got a very, very special rendition of the national anthem that we're going to play. We'll do all of our legal IDs and a couple of commercials, but then we'll play that at the top of the hour he can even hear that as well i'll turn it up a little bit for those of you that are here listening close by so hang tight we're going to be back in a full hour coming your way american legion post 11 11 59 old wadsworth boulevard crankers car truck and bike show we'll be back don't go anywhere this is drive radio klz 560 still haven't had enough go to drive-radio.com email your questions and comments Download previous programs and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.